Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Wendy Hurd, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. And Kristen LaPianca. Hello. So what's going on? How are you doing? What are you working on? Um, well, I have been working on like five different things for the past. Mm -hmm. You know this, Wendy, Mm because you're my critique partner. So you have to listen to me like go back and forth about like, what book am I writing? And so I am writing the Audible project, uh, Young Rich Widows that I talked about in our last episode. But I also have a couple of my own books going on. And I recently told my agent, I was like, you know what? I think I'm using up so much energy trying to decide between these books. I'm just going to like decide not to decide and keep working. Um... But the one that is has kind of most of my attention for the moment um, is this book called The Thorndales that I have been writing on and off since, God, like 2018. <laughs> it is a modern gothic about a young doctor who like has chronic pain herself and treats other women with chronic pain and then takes on as a patient the new wife of her ex-lover who she had a very dramatic breakup with years prior Uh, And they have to go live at his like creepy old mansion because it's gothic. So I've been working on that. And I feel like I'm finally now. this is going to like fucking jinx me. Right. But like, I feel like it's finally going well and becoming the book that I want it to be. Uh, And as I've been working on this, I've been doing all of this research on chronic pain and like the mind body connection and things like that, because I myself have suffered from chronic pain since I was a teenager. And uh, this has pushed me to actually make an appointment with a chronic pain specialist. I think by the time this episode airs, I'll have gone to see her, but I'm like really excited to finally, hopefully (laughs) find something that works for me. I don't know. It's sort of like, it's like I'm researching the book and I'm researching things for myself and it's all like overlapping and cyclical and weird and just, it's like that sometimes. I love that. What about y'all? Well, I'm working on um, my manuscript, One of Those Girls. It's a standalone mystery so <clears throat> not part of my Roxanne Weary series um it's been a little slow going because like it's, it concerns a school and um like a lot of things that aren't existing in the normal form right now mm-hmm. in this world so I feel like it's very um it's like sort of anachronistic for this time because mm-hmm. everything is so weird but you know storytelling and interesting characters are universal so regardless of what time period these things are taking place and I, I just need to I just need to get through it but it is a lot of fun to step away from um, a series character it's challenging in some unexpected ways but it's also kind of refreshing so that's been enjoyable I know what you mean about writing like kind of the state of the world as it used to be versus like because one of my other projects is um, about Olympic ice dancers and I was like trying to work on it a few months ago and they finally brought back figure skating competition so I'm like oh great I'm gonna like watch this competition for research but they're like the audience is cardboard cutouts I was actually watching some last night and it was super weird it's so bizarre it's like the Geico gecko is like watching (laughs) from everywhere and there's like fake applause and it's just too weird I feel like I'm not going to be able to fully crack that book until like we have normal like sporting events again and who knows when that will be it's so strange it's like just takes you out of it yeah, and, like, we don't know, like, when that's going to be that things become normal again. So it's, like, at what point are all of our books going to have to reference this yeah. new life? Like, I don't know. It's I refuse. I'm not writing those fucking cardboard geckos into my figure skating <laughs> book. No. 
<laughs> I won't do it. Take a stand. <laughs> yeah, you got to just, you got to take a stand on something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like the New York Times, I'm sorry, the New York City uh, watching the ball drop and like the weirdness of the way it was with the crowd and like there were like three people in a little box and then like three people <laughs> over here and the backup dancers are wearing like sparkly masks. It was just bizarre. So bizarre. I'm working on, um, I have like, I have about three works in progress, but there's technically four, but one of them I shelved because again, it just didn't feel right to write it. I think we've talked about that before. Like it was very claustrophobic. And when I was out in the world and overwhelmed from my schedule, I was really enjoying writing something claustrophobic and like closed in. But then the pandemic happened and I was like, I want to die writing this. So I finished the draft and I shelved it. And now I have an adult thriller that I'm halfway through that I'm really excited about. Like, I'm very excited about this one. I've been wanting to write this main character for a long time. She's been in, like, three other stories that I've shelved. So it's really nice to finally have her with a plot that, like, seems to suit her very well and gives her a lot of room to do her thing. She has a, like, female uh, pickpocket and mm. like, minor petty thief and con artist kind of person. And my future wife. And I'm so obsessed with this character. <laughs> I really I'm, love her. Me too. Yeah, and I'm getting to write about, like, all kinds of, like, California hippie nonsense because she was raised uh, by a nomadic type of mom who went from, like, commune to commune to campground to campground to RV park to, like, some guy's cult. Like, her mom just kind of was uh, ridiculous, and I get to write about all of my own California ridiculousness in this book, so... Um, and then I have my, I have a young adult project on option. I don't want to jinx it, so I should find out about that kind of soon. And then I have a secret project that I got a good like 30,000 words into and then shelved it to go back to my adult thriller. And that's like a super secret project that I, I hope eventually I'll get to finish. I know the secret. <laughs> is it, why like, why um, is it a secret? I don't know. I guess because I, I have, I've gotten a little superstitious about like jinxing projects um, when they haven't either sold or they're not official yet or something you know what I mean like putting it out into the world when it's not ready or something it's like I want to like get it I don't know further along before I tell everyone what it is I feel that I like can't shut up about things though I just keep talking about all of my different works in progress I think anyone who follows me on social media is like wait what are you writing like (laughs) like, everything all the things dancers and widows and ice skates and pain yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean that actually sounds great maybe i'll just add another book that incorporates all of those and we'll call it a day (laughs) oh my god my agent if she's listening to this is gonna be sending me a sternly worded email (laughs) no um just okay say no no please stop stop So our topic today is The Vain Woman, which is one we have been wanting to talk about this for a while because I feel like we've touched on this archetype Mm -hmm. in different episodes talking about vanity and like women's uh, like the femme fatale using her sexuality as a weapon and all these things. But now we're just going to like go all the way in and talk about vanity. So get psyched. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I feel like there's a lot to unpack here, especially I'm from Los Angeles, which is like the the vain capital of the world, according to the, the media. And this is one, too, where it's like men can also be vain, but I feel like they're not criticized for it in the same way. With women, it's like 
we are expected to care a lot about our physical appearance and to look a certain way and to like you know dress up and put on makeup and look pretty for all the men so we're like pleasing to their eyes but then if we seem to care too much we do too much then it's that's pathetic. bad too there's like yeah. this tiny little it's trying too hard it's reaching yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or if you have a a body that doesn't fit you know if you're if you're fat or if you're disabled or if you're like any of these things that don't fit yeah. the like beauty ideal then it's like well don't even try but if you don't try like how dare you it's like this horrible uh yeah catch 22 situation well i think it's interesting what you said about like men are also vain but they don't get like labeled as such and i think that that is true and i think that part of the reason why is like the idea that we're talking about here of vanity is like frivolous and frivolous like women are frivolous men are serious mm-hmm. so even a man who's obsessed with his own appearance it's not frivolous he's just like confident he's he he's a confident man but if you have a man who's doing uh things that are coded w- womanly uh in as part of his like beauty ritual for example um you know a lot of facial moisturizers or getting a lot of manicures or like getting his eyebrows waxed or um maybe his bikini line waxed or you know these things that are coded uh female then that's like mocked to high heaven like yes so it's like it's it's definitely like you can be vain as a man as long as you as long as you don't do the the girly stuff right as long as you like shave with an axe blade Mm -hmm. and (laughs) then you're (laughs) then you're still manly and masculine it's like the candle that's like, you know, the scent is like, I don't know, tobacco and body odor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we have a lot of those candles at my house. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco and body odor candles? No, yeah. like man candles. Like I even think he bought a candle. Uh, Nate loves candles, as do I. Um, yeah, he bought us. one from this brand called like Manly Indulgences. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it smells good. I don't know. <laughs> I just inhaled my coffee. What is a manly indulgence? Uh, I think it smelled kind of like <laughs> smoke and tobacco and leather. And I actually sure. really like those scents as well, too. Like, that's, I tend to buy candles that are like kind of smoky, it's woody like you, scents. So, you know, you can just yeah. smoke a cigar inside your house and you don't have to buy a candle. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it, Nate isn't like really caught up in all that macho stuff too much, but we do tend to get a lot of those candles. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like we're getting some psychological insight here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, what are we, what, okay, so like, what is vanity, I guess? That's a good, maybe a good place to start. What is it? Caring a lot about your personal appearance and or thinking that you are like hot and attractive and like you just picture someone like staring at themselves in the mirror, not in like a, I guess it could be either way though, like staring at yourself in the mirror in a critical way, like thinking, like obsessing over how to improve your appearance and just being really preoccupied preoccupied with that or it can be like staring in the mirror and be like yeah look at me I look amazing yeah so it's like conceit also yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and also like some element of it is uh not just about like I'm looking at myself because I love it but it's like I'm looking at myself thinking about how other people see me Mm -hmm. yeah there's an element of that too but can you be vain with and like have low self-esteem and think, you know, you need to lose weight and wax your eyebrows and whatever? Or like to me, vanity is more like you do think you're you're hot and you want everyone to look at you. That's kind That's of a good question. Because I feel like you can have yeah, vain I kind behaviors. Of... Yeah. Yeah. I think like 
behaviors can be vain without it having that conceited element. Like you can have low self-esteem that manifests through vain behaviors, I guess, like with like obsessively looking at yourself and obsessively thinking about your appearance. But that's not quite the mm-hmm. same as this type of vanity that I think we're we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. But I found it really interesting when I was researching for this episode I just typed in um, vain female characters into Google and a lot of the results that came back including like kind of the suggested related search terms it was about female villains like Mm. that was the so like those things are heavily intertwined and I thought that was interesting because I don't necessarily think of a a vain woman as a a villain she's like concerned about herself but she's not necessarily trying to hurt other people though there can be that overlap with the you know, the mean girl, popular girl archetype. Like, I always think of that quote from Mean Girls where Regina tells Katie that she's really pretty and Katie just says, thank you. And she's like, oh, so you agree you're really pretty. Like, the response is supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, no, I'm not pretty. Like, don't. And if you're just like, thank you. Like, she's not even saying like, yeah, I think I'm hot shit. She's just thanking her, which is like a polite and appropriate reaction. But that shows vanity or um that's how we interpret it anyway i was thinking about this villain thing and i was thinking about how many times in like a disney movie or another movie where you have like a real like um caricature type of characterization of a villain where the woman villain will put on lip lipstick especially lipstick in a mirror um like the sea witch does that ursula does that i was trying Uh to think like all the disney villainesses put lipstick on at some point and like it's like red lipstick and they're looking in this mirror like yeah yeah right yeah ursula is an interesting one because it's like in her you know regular form she doesn't fit the you know beauty ideal and then she turns herself into this hot chick to seduce the prince but like even when she's in her sea witch form she clearly cares a lot about her appearance and is wearing the lipstick and the like bustier and the Mm -hmm. you know like you can tell that ursula thinks she's hot and she is, yeah she's feeling way. herself she's yeah feeling yeah. herself yeah <laughs> she does that like boob hike thing a number yeah. of times yeah boob bouncy hike thing that... but she's also jealous of ariel's youth and beauty which is another thing i think like women um we will distrust or judge women we think are more beautiful than us because we're supposed to like the patriarchy wants us to be locked into this competition with each other i find that really like as a bisexual woman it's like i feel that competition and that jealousy but then i also feel like sexual attraction and it's all the same confusing very confusing it's like a stew Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like i hate you but i want to kiss you I think uh, oftentimes I could never get to the I want to kiss you part. Like I could never understand that that's what I was feeling because I was so wrapped up in insecurity and being like, I I need to be like you. I don't know why I'm so drawn to you. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with you. I guess it's because you're so much better than me. Like my, Hmm. you know what I mean? But I find that my sexuality, like it's almost helped me have higher self-esteem and feel better about myself because I am, I tend to be attracted to women with body types somewhat similar to mine like curvier women Mm -hmm. and so I'm not going to look at myself in the mirror and be like I'm fat and ugly when I see a woman who looks somewhat like me and I think she's hot like it kind of transfers over I think that's interesting I don't know what straight women feel in that like (laughs) can't relate but that's always (laughs) been the thing for me like I have some friends though who are like women attracted to women but they are attracted to women who have very opposite body types to them like maybe they're curvier and they're attracted to really petite women um and then I think that can circle back and become 
self-loathing and it's all very confusing and mixed up when you're queer it is a lot (laughs) yes and it's very hard to sort out when you are like still coming to terms with your own identity and trying to figure out like like you were saying wendy like why am i drawn to this person Mm -hmm. is it am i am i afraid of them do i want to be them do i want to possess them like what is going Mm -hmm. on it's all very mixed up yeah Especially, I think, because, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's like this. I think for men, it might be, a, like cis men, I think it might be a little bit more straightforward. Like, I just want to hit it. You know, it's it's a little easier for them, because maybe because they don't have all of this agonizing over, like, my second toe is crooked, and I've always thought that made me ugly. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, um, so it's a little bit more straightforward for them, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe that's just the way they're coded. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about some examples of vain characters or characters with vain behaviors? Because I do think there is a difference. Yeah. Well, we all wanted to talk about fashion victim. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Fashion victim came on the podcast like right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Friend of the pod. Uh, she. We love this book, and the this is one where so like the main character is a. Uh, serial killer who works at a fashion magazine and is like taking out these other kind of shallow fashion people in her world and she has some kind of self-esteem issues right she's like obsessed with this girl who works at the magazine who she sees as like this you know perfect perfect woman who's always like her hair's blown out and she's wearing the perfect clothes and all this stuff so it's like she's jealous of her and she wants to be her, but she also wants to kill her. But then she's also, like, herself very, the main character is very fashion obsessed, given, the, like, the environment that she works in, um, trying to kind of keep up with everyone in their designer clothes. And so, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting mix there. And I felt there was, like, a very strong queer subtext in that book. Amina can, like, tell us if, if we're wrong. <laughs> but when I was reading it, I was like, Anya, like, wants her. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's such an interesting example because, like, the the woman that she's obsessed with, like, it does kind of fall into the category of this this vain woman. But you said something that I wanted to point out, which is that there is, like, a difference between vanity and, like, shallowness, Mm, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like, because vanity is, like, that's, like, a directed inward thing. But, like, a shallow, being shallow is, like, you are concerned with, that type of thing appearances of other people Mm. not just of yourself like you know yeah the the vain woman is obsessed with how she looks a shallow person might only want to have beautiful friends because they only want to be surrounded by beautiful people Mm -hmm. they tend to like come as a package deal these two things but yeah you're right it's more like outwardly motivated interesting okay yeah, I think fashion victim is interesting because it's a, it's like in the same way that a devil, uh, the Devilers Prada discusses this industry and the vanity and the ridiculousness in this industry. It's sort of that same thing where it's not only about the character's vanity, but it's just like about the vanity of the whole thing, you know, about mm-hmm. all the people and just the culture of vanity and the ridiculousness of it, like of the type of clothes you must wear and where you must wear them and what it means to be wearing these certain things and how important it is to look a certain way. Yeah. And in the devil, devil wears Prada, it's like she comes in not caring about her appearance and then mm-hmm. becomes like too obsessed and then has to dial it back at the end and find mm-hmm. kind of a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I think which is, is very something. preachy messaging. It's like stop telling us how much we're supposed to like clothes for God's sake. Right. Yeah, like like clothes. How much? However much we like them. There's sort of I love that movie, but you're right. It's like feeding into that. Like, okay, well, she needs to care a little bit, like, but she can't care too much. She has to care just enough. Otherwise, like, and especially because in the beginning, like, yeah, okay, her clothes are not stylish and she, her hair is not blown out, but like, she's Anne fucking Hathaway. Like, she looks fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, there's some overlap too with Mean Girls about how, yeah, in Mean Girls, Katie, like, becomes one of them and becomes concerned, you know, about her appearance and how she's dressing. And I mean, it's more behavior too, uh, in Mean Girls, but it's the same kind of thing where she has to, like, she goes, too far and then has to like find her true self which is not quite as plain as her original self right yeah now that we're talking about this i feel like this moral of the story is in a lot of different stories where it's like teaching the woman how to woman how you're supposed to do it like (laughs) you're not doing enough oh now you're doing too much oh just right good job yeah it's the um amy schumer's sketch about girl you don't need makeup do you guys remember yeah (laughs) it's like a music video kind of like a one direction sort of style music video and they're like you don't need makeup you're so naturally beautiful and then she like actually takes off all her makeup and they're like okay just like a little bit of natural looking makeup like you don't (laughs) you need a little bit not not too much not too yeah i don't know because that's something men will say a lot like i definitely had boyfriends who said they were like oh i don't like girls who wear makeup i just want like naturally beautiful women and it's like okay well most women like do not like what you think is a plain face is like is well applied yeah subtle makeup and then uh, yeah like they don't even know what they're looking at no (laughs) That reminds me of this um, Am I the Asshole letter I read recently where uh, this guy was writing in because he had – he thought his girlfriend was too obsessed with skincare. Oh, the, like, dermatology this, student. Yes. Oh, and she yes. had all the skincare stuff, and he thought – her skin was so beautiful, and she didn't need it, and so he got rid of it all. And it's like, well, first of all, probably <gasps> her skin is so beautiful because she does care about that stuff. Like, beautiful skin does not just happen upon a person. Mm-mm. Like, it requires effort. But it's also like, yeah, she's a fucking dermatology student. Like, she, she's allowed to be obsessed with skincare. Yeah, if anyone is. Like, she yeah. is. And yeah, then it's also all like, can you tell us what she's doing, though, before you throw them away? Can you read Right, like, what, what is she using? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something oh. about, like, skincare, too. There's, like, this ritualistic aspect of it. Like, I find it really relaxing to put on, like, serums and do the, like, jade roller and all mm-hmm. that shit. Like, it's not even so much about appearance. It's, like, the relaxing ritual of it. And I think it, that's true for a lot of women. But it's hard to untangle that stuff sometimes and you're constantly like am i doing too much am i not doing enough am i spending too much money should i be like getting better products like it's it's this constant balancing act for sure yeah there's also like the certain thing where i mean okay so if you abandon vanity and you just go the intellectual route and you just aren't concerned with anything about your physical being except just the practicalities of it keeping yourself healthy and keeping yourself alive but you're not in any way vain. We punish that. We are mm-hmm. not okay with that. Like we do not support women who do not um, in any way subscribe. Like there will be jokes about, you know, bushes and imagine armpit yeah. hair. Oh my God. And leg right. hair. I mean, you know, but do you understand how much vanity it takes to keep a body free of body hair for an entire lifetime? Like how many hours are spent in that process? You know, so it's like, what's that right amount? 
what is yeah. that right amount the right amount and, is actually pretty damn vain right yeah. like it, you can't you can't like be 100 percent not vain but also shave your legs and shave your armpits and wax your chin and whatnot like and these are things that like if you do not do them then you're like a hag mm-hmm. even though these are these are like it's like you know waxing hair off your body like that's pretty intense but that's just yeah. kind of like a, a basic level of like this is what you have to do to be a that presentable is a woman for you can't men even and get women. a job if you, you don't do all a, these things yeah no if you show up to a job interview with like no makeup and like your hair not done then absolutely oh, yeah um, yeah people will is... interpret that that's like a, something to do with your character or something mm-hmm. yeah that you're like careless that you don't give a shit about anything yeah. or you're like a sloppy person or you're yeah i mean that is sort of like for men the the baseline is much more like you can be a man and just like if you shower then and like put on deodorant then you're like right. socially acceptable like yeah you know you can go out in society and people aren't gonna look askance at you necessarily but for a mm-hmm. woman the like baseline where it's unremarkable and kind of just accepted across the board is much higher it involves a lot more money and a lot more time mm-hmm. yes and pain in a lot of cases like yeah waxing and tweezing is not a completely painless experience no. One of my favorite shows to watch and marvel at Vanity is The Real Housewives. Remember when The Real Housewives of Orange County came out and it was like, dun, 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 like people live like this. And it was like everyone in Orange County has breast implants. And then we <laughs> watch these women and it would be like, oh my God, look at them, like fake tanning and all of them have fake boobs and they're like super skinny, but they fit, like they work out constantly. And we were just like obsessed. Like this is sort of like, looking in the window at this like extreme vanity and then also all of a sudden all different types of real housewives shows are popping up you know we're fascinated by it and like so we're kind of really interested in this too Mm -hmm. but there's something like especially when it's older women it's like well you're not supposed to just let yourself go but you also can't try too hard to look young or that's like something people are going to judge as well and all of those women with the implants and the highlights and the tans and like all that stuff they're trying to look younger than they are which kind of only emphasizes their actual age i would say yeah so there's also a right way to do vanity like for each age group now that i think about it because like my daughter's 11 and like if she just started wearing a full face of makeup with red lipstick that'd be super inappropriate right Mm -hmm. and like stuffing her bra and like suddenly being like you know like she'd be horrified like it's it's horrifying to even think that i would let her do such a thing but if she did all that behavior in five years for a night out it'd be fine and especially in 10 years mm-hmm. yeah but then you hit your last fuckable day right. as we all know on the eve of your 38th mm-hmm. birthday yes as aj Finn that's taught right us AJ. <laughs> yes uh, it's coming Wait, that's up when man. your cellulite it's... forms rivulets down your leg <laughs> <laughs> and you become an unfuckable hag and it's all mm-hmm. over. But you still have to, you can't just let yourself go. Like, you're a ghost moving through the world, but you still have to yes. care, like, enough. Yes, you still have to wax mm-hmm. your ghost mustache. Like, don't think that it's, <laughs> don't think that you can just, like, <laughs> sort of float through unobserved. We still see you. Like, <laughs> we see what you're doing wrong. Okay. We yeah. See yeah. The problems. Yeah. Even though we can't see you anymore because you no longer exist because you're not fuckable, we see all of the problems with you. That's and right. you are required to address them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I am like a new, uh, I'm new to the Real Housewives universe. I had never mm-hmm. watched any of them before, but I 
uh, saw a few trailers for the Salt Lake City series. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God. Weird. They have Salt Lake City now. They're really reaching. They're like, the real housewives of Aurora, Indiana. (laughs) I've never seen any of them, but it's one of those things like The Bachelor where it's so present in pop culture that even if you haven't watched it, you feel like you've watched it. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I, I was actually living in Orange County for the first year of my daughter's life because my ex had a job down there, and that's when it was really big, and so I was like, let's check out this Real Housewives of Orange County show, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh my god, is that what it's like down here? I was like, that <laughs> Well, the Salt Lake City, I will tell you, like, these women are, like, just as, like, weirdly artificial as all of the other real housewives trailers i've ever seen but there's a lot of fur because it's cold there Ooh, like <laughs> so real there, fur yes there's a lot of dramatic furs in their homes and on their persons and in their just like, homes like, like furry rugs and it's like they're like mormon husbands went out and shot them that's true it's true it's, it's wild <laughs> i have no regrets wow yes so like i was thinking about that because the Okay, so the way that wealthy women can do vanity is almost magical. Like the the lifts available, the tucks, the surgical little help, the Botox, the fillers. Mm-hmm. It's like this is all kind of like our modern day version of the witch who uses magic to stay young, like the Snow mm-hmm. White, you know, because this is our modern version of magic. Like we really can keep people, you know, uh preserved (laughs) and if it's well done it just kind of looks like they're aging especially gracefully which Mm -hmm. is like a whole other phrase we could unpack but then these famous women can be just like oh i just you know i moisturize every night and i drink a lot of water i do a lot of yoga great skin too and like whatever they kind of just try and pretend it's happening naturally which makes the rest of us feel even more like hideous hags right because then you see the people you're the same age as and you're like oh my god yeah 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 but then I was like, so at the same time, I, like, we can look down on them and everything, but if someone offered us carte blanche to, like, reproduce all the things that they can do to keep themselves looking like that, I don't know that I would say no. Right? No. There's some stuff I would say yes to and some stuff I wouldn't want to. I mean, like, I've been for the past uh, almost a year now growing out my natural gray hair and I really like it like I like it way better I used to dye my hair um since I was a teenager and it was more because I didn't like my natural color which was like kind of a medium brown um it was just like boring to me so I wanted something more interesting so I've had like you know purple hair and red hair and all sorts of different colors and I just got sick of it and decided to see what my natural hair was and it's like pretty like I've got a lot of like salt and pepper going on there and I love it like I think it's so pretty I, I'm very vain about it actually like I'm watching it grow out and I'm staring at myself in the mirror and I'll like come out and make my partner like admire I'm like look how amazing it looks today look at my grays um so I don't know like I wouldn't even if I had unlimited resources I would still want my gray hair but I would probably like do some stuff to my face I'll be honest yeah same here I don't think I want anything to do with needles but that's just me i've had an eyelid lift actually when i was a teenager i had this like eyelid well i have still this eyelid condition um and i had to have like a medically necessary eyelid tuck at 18 because it was impeding my vision i might have to have another one in the next few Hmm. years so i didn't know that yeah i like it it was weird at the time because i felt like 
And even now, as I'm talking about it, instead of being like, I wasn't happy with the way that my eye looked, I'm like, it was medically necessary. And it like it was, it was covered by insurance and um, everything. It was done in a hospital and it not like, but you feel like you have to defend it. Like, oh, I wasn't being vain. It was mm-hmm. like something I had to have done as a medical procedure, but it was like also because I wanted it to look different. Yeah, it's funny yeah. that like we have the the need to like justify it in some way which like yeah no one has to justify anything that they want to do to their bodies it's theirs right yeah if you get a tattoo you don't have to be like well it was medically necessary you'd be like no i thought it looked cool i wanted a tattoo yeah Yeah. so like i have a friend who evened out her boobs because one was way smaller so she got breast implants in both and now they're the same size um, yeah, and she didn't go huge or anything, but like they're way bigger than they were. And she like, oh well, it was because one was smaller and blah 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 blah. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, if that was bothering you, but like, I feel bad that women feel that, you know, where it's like, right. If you got a tattoo on your back, I didn't feel like I needed to try to like. But then again, I did. I guess I did feel a little self conscious about it. It's like, why are you doing that at your age? You know, shouldn't you be concerned about more important things? I'm like, like what? Like wearing seven different moisturizers so that I don't have any wrinkles? Like you're not <laughs> really telling me to not think about the way I look. You're just telling me that maybe tattoos aren't appropriate for women in her 30s, you know? I'm getting a lower back tattoo on my 50th birthday. I've been planning this for years. and I'm, That's right. Like, this is my goal. You're getting a tramp stamp. Tramp stamp. I want it to be like a memento mori, like... <laughs> <laughs> like with like a skull and like an hourglass and I don't know I have time to plan it's a ways off yet but uh I'm all for you know celebrating ourselves as we age and just like embracing it but I also think it's such a fine it is it's like a fine line to walk because it's like we don't the patriarchy tells us that we need to be obsessed with our appearance and look young and like compete with other women for the attention of men and that sucks but like also if there's something about your appearance that you don't like and you want to change whether that's dyeing your hair or getting plastic surgery or just like buying a new dress or whatever it is like you should be able to do that it's your body like why yeah. not well yeah it's like if if it's something that you want to do for you then i like i'm like sure anything is absolutely fine but it's just like the the weird gray area is like where where do you identify at what point it becomes wanting to do it for you versus wanting to do it in response to this pressure from society exclusively mm-hmm. like if if the pressure was taken away would you still want to do these things and it's like ultimately it doesn't matter because everyone has the right to decide what to do with their own bodies but like it just makes me feel sad that people like feel that pressure and internalize it so much that they might think I want to do this for me, even though they are just feeling that in response to that pressure. Yeah, it's so hard to tell. And I think yeah. that's why we have this archetype in so many different stories, like in fairy tales. And um, another one we wanted to talk about was Dorian Gray, which is, of course, the original is about a man, but there have been like different versions with uh, like female Dorian Grays. And there are a bunch in in the works like i've heard of a tv show and a movie i have a female dorian gray project wendy you have your ya that comes out in march Mm -hmm. was inspired by the picture of dorian Mm -hmm. gray like this is something that we are obsessed with this idea of like what if i could just stay young or i mean it's a little different in your book i don't know if you want to talk about how you interpreted the story yeah i mean i it wasn't about aging i mean although it was about aging in that it was about um our obsession with wanting to capture girls at this one particular age and being mm-hmm. obsessed with how 
noteworthy young women are when they look a certain way like it's just so important to us to like photograph and catch capture images of you know this one particular phase of a young woman's life you know which is like age 16 to 22 you know in that like young but especially teenage girls like we could even argue that um you know we want girls to look like they're teenagers until they absolutely can't anymore like it's really becomes pathetic and until it becomes pathetic you know it it really is like it you know it so i i wanted to talk about that a little bit and also what it just would mean or feel like to be a young girl who gets cast into that role who really never uh wanted it and isn't like the the character in my book is an athlete and she's just an athlete an athlete like so and she's gay so she's not you know sitting around trying to think about how can I get all the boys in my school to you know to look at me and ask me to prom it's more of just like I'm an athlete I'm really focused on that and she gets sort of looped in like oh because of your athletic body we really need to photograph this we want body shots we everyone wants to see it and this very mm-hmm. intrusive feeling for her where she's like, I'm just an athlete. Like, I just swim seven days a week. Like, leave me alone, you know? Um, yeah. And sort of what that is for young girls who didn't ask for that type of attention and suddenly have it. Yeah. There's so many different ways. Like, these, the Dorian Gray story is so interesting because you could, I feel like every single person could come up with their mm-hmm. own, like, totally unique version of it like the version that I this is one of my like five books that I have been writing off and on for years um the main character is a model who's like just about to turn 30 so she's like for a model that's like geriatric Mm -hmm. and she sort of has this complicated relationship with her beauty where like it gets her negative attention a lot it's like what she's made all of her money off of but it's also made her um a target for like predatory men and she's right. almost looking forward to her last fuckable day so she can like turn into a ghost and not be bothered anymore but then mm-hmm. um mine does have that like supernatural element of the the portrait and then like she stays young while the portrait ages and it's like as that happens she starts to embrace the power of being beautiful so it's sort of like what if you were still had the power of your youthful beauty while having the no fucks given attitude that women seem to develop the older they get, which is yeah. like what I'm yeah. so looking forward to about getting into my 40s and 50s and beyond is this like no fucks given attitude. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I'm just going to like do what I want to do. That's so powerful. Like if all women could just adopt that attitude from like the time that they were teenagers or just kind of always have it, we would just rule the world, I think. <laughs> yes. That's why we're punished so badly for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, our hero, Laura Lippman, who we talk about a lot on this show in her book of essays, My Life as a Villainist. And I think we've even mentioned this quote before, but it's like so fucking good. She says, I have decided at the age of 60 that I am a goddamn knockout. I rub my thighs together and tell myself over and over that I'm beautiful. And what do you know? Suddenly I am like she just she's like an older woman. She's claiming the fact that she's attractive like and then it just becomes true it is like this that's like a kind of witchcraft too that like confidence of just Mm -hmm. like I'm hot and I've decided and I don't need a man to tell me and I don't need a magazine to tell me this is just who I am but then it it is also like why do we why do we care about being hot why do we care about being fuckable why do we care about appearance at all that's tough Mm. yeah it's really like 
there's enough to think about here for like more than one episode yeah <laughs> it's a lot to chew on i know i'm looking at the timer like almost at 40 minutes and i'm like shit mm-hmm. we have so much more to say about this uh maybe we'll have to do a part two sometime i'm think- interested like what what our listeners think of about this i'd be i'd be curious to hear about this on social media yeah yeah because we haven't even gotten into like social media and selfies and like right. that either. That's a whole other area. Yeah, so that's something. I think my own vanity like really manifests in um, if I am having a day where I feel really bad, like I didn't sleep well or I'm stressed out, my anxiety is bad, my chronic pain is flaring. Like what I will often do to make myself feel better is to, especially now during quarantine, but like even before that, I will like get dressed up more than usual and put on makeup and then like take a selfie and put it on Instagram and not only does like the act of taking the picture make me feel better but then like people's comments make me feel better which is like super fucking shallow right but it's like a way of boosting my spirits and uh I'm not gonna stop anytime soon and I think you know like why not right like why not and I also think there's like when when people post a lot of selfies like sometimes you have this like knee-jerk reaction of like you know rolling your eyes but it's also like empowering because that's people choosing how the world is going to see them and you don't always have that control like a selfie is a picture that you are in control of and you're in control of how it looks and you're in control of where it gets posted and who can see it and so there's something powerful about that um, so it's not something that we should just kind of like write off as like, oh, that's, that's just some, something frivolous. Like it's actually not. No, it's not. And, um, I mean, God, I really could talk about this for fucking ever. Cause I wrote, <laughs> like I wrote my master's thesis on burlesque and the female gaze and about like female burlesque performers and, um, like pinup models, um, creating their own image and like objectifying themselves and like, and then their female audience members looking at them through the female gaze as opposed to like doing this for for men and to Mm -hmm. fit what the patriarchy wants and yeah i wrote a whole fucking thesis on it as part of which i did uh like my own pinup photo shoot that my friend shot the photos and i like decided how i wanted to dress and how i wanted to pose and it did feel really powerful and i still love those those photos although there is this element for me of like i'm so glad i took pictures of my like breasts back when they were perky and now I'm like getting older like yeah that thing you were talking about Wendy where we want to capture the youth and beauty like when we're when we're younger we're still hot now god damn it <laughs> well that's what I mean it's like you know it's not like that with men like you can look at a picture of like uh, I don't know Patrick Dempsey and they'll be you know it's like he's got his gray hair and he's got his shirt off and it's like look at Patrick Dempsey, which we've talked about this. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, that's why I started growing out my gray hair because I think it's like when I see men with gray hair, like my partner is going gray as well. And I'm like, this it's so sexy or like the wrinkles around his eyes or like we see, see these things as sexy in men. And then in women, it's like something we need to cover up or get rid of or be ashamed of. And I think that's bullshit. Like there are like so many older women who like their gray hair and wrinkles and all that stuff makes them sexier. We're just like choosing not to see it that way. Cause yeah. The patriarchy blinders on like, we can change our minds. We can say like, no, that is beautiful. And that is sexy as well. Well, yeah. Like there's this attitude of like, Oh, when men start going, you know, gray at the temples and they have the little crinkles outside of the eyes, that's distinguished. They look, they look yeah. distinguished, mm-hmm. but like with women, we don't say that, but we fucking should. We should. What, what was it? The um, silver fox is for men and then for women, it's the silver vixen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am all about that. Let's make that happen. 
that's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.